And welcome back to WTF in Vonadil with Spicy and the Fox Danger. And today is episode 13. Woo! We've done it. We've hit the lucky number. And anyone who's read the title knows this is going to be an episode. So before we get into the topic of why do we even play this game anymore, everyone? Uh, you know, we didn't get any mail this week, unfortunately. Some good YouTube comments, of course. <laughs> but uh, nothing to talk to viewer-wise this week. But I wanted to go into... Well, I really wanted to go into was bashing content creators because I got a bone to pick with you people. What is wrong with you people? But I wanted to go into uh, a post on Reddit. Yeah, um, you had mentioned this beforehand. Uh, you're talking about the, the blue one where they were trying to solo Sarama, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's just a comment I wanted to make because... I'm banned from Reddit, which I'm glad because I hate Reddit. I mean, I like reading things on Reddit, but I hate talking to people on Reddit because it is, no, it's terrible. But it's a blue thing, and we haven't done a blue episode yet, so I just wanted to, because they've linked to my video in there about soloing Zarama, and, you know, that's a lot better than opening the Pandora's box of criticizing big people in the community. <laughs> so... What they were having trouble with, if I... I'll just read the little thing. Uh, any tips on soloing Sarama on Blue? I can get it down to around 30% fairly reliably, but at that point, it just wrecks me. Which, I don't know why I'd start wrecking you then, but I'm going to go into that. Spamming of Paralyze, Firaga 5, Wiping of Occultation immediately after casting, and then Spamming Flare 2, Fire 6, Gates of Hades multiple times, da 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 Sub Slash Room, which seems to help mitigate the damage, but just can't seem to get past the last 30%. No Rema stuff, sadly. And yeah... If you don't have Tizona, it becomes a tactical adjustment you have to make, which is, this goes especially for blue, because Tizona is the easy card for soloing. You need to have other approaches to things, and I'm going to bet he doesn't have Selene Coat set, which would help a lot. And if you can't maintain your MP, you could, I mean, you could bring Vile Elixirs and stuff, but you're going to want to keep those for the fight anyway, because if it's going to be a problem, you want to keep them for when it's absolutely necessary. Uh, Coalition Ethers if you're really desperate, but it's if you're spamming those at that point, mm. but what you really are going to have to do is if you can't keep Aquitation up because you shouldn't, because you're going to be spending a lot of MP on something that's being AoE'd off frequently in that fight, especially during chain spell, what you're going to have to do is adjust your gear sets. I don't know if you have Malignance. If you don't have Malignance and don't have Tizona, then I don't know why you're trying to solo it. And Yeah, that sounds rough at that point. Yeah, and, and they go into this, you know, people go in here, uh, why aren't you just teaming up, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, the guy goes, for the fun and the challenge of it, basically. I'm not concerned about any gear and items from it, so much about, about I, as I am seeing if I can currently take it down. And then, no, you can't currently take it down if you're having these problems, but... <laughs> if you if you want if you want what I suggest is one you want Celine Coat, obviously you want Barrier Tusk as well to help mitigate some damage. But that's Celine Coat's going to be a little more important here. And during Chain Spell, don't cast Occultation. You're going to eat up your MP. You want to ride Occultation early on, hopefully to deal more damage and keep up on your MP. Later on, when the mob gets on lower HP, for anyone who doesn't know this, around twenty five percent, depending on NMs regain things like that. Uh, they use their TP instantly, and they use it a lot slower uh, when they're higher in HP. So you wanna, you're gonna be having occultation wipe further as you go down. So you're gonna wanna be able to see if you have some sort of ability to withstand him. So during chain spell, you're gonna want a set that has things like Water's Charm and Shadow Ring in it. If you don't have those, they're very easy to get. Water's Charm will occasionally absorb magic. If you really don't have that, you could use the Engulfer's Cape, but I wouldn't because 
that's much better off in the next item you're going to need too is a proper ambuscade magic evasion cape which underrated on a lot of jobs there it's great magic evasion is really broken in this game fox say something about that oh yeah it is um on almost all of my tanks i have at least one cape that has the full plus 45 magic evasion on it because that is not a small number like if you think about it like that's on its own on like a, a helmet on like a heavy armor job like that's sometimes more magic evasion that than that helmet provides but it's on your back slot so think about it for like jobs where you can actually max magic evasion in like other slots as well um it, it's pretty significant. sorry to command you there fox i just wanted to break off my ranting no that's fair usually i'm the one doing the rant um so it was kind of refreshing in a way certain uh, I, listeners I, also I, call up and say that you're very ranty <laughs> yeah for real uh, I agree. I agree with what you were saying before, um, especially regarding stuff like sailing coat. Uh, that that's the one that starts at fifty magic defense bonus, decays to ten, right? Uh, ten. I think it's eight. It decays to, but it lasts for three minutes. So you're gonna have at least a two good minutes before you're gonna want to recast it. By you don't want to have less than thirty seconds on that because it doesn't cost much and it's a quick cast. It's but, incredibly potent too. Like think yeah. about how much magic uh, magic defense bonus is actually on your gear in total. Like I'm looking at my paladin. Um, in like most normal sets, I have like plus forty five ish. So if you think that's actually like doubling a tank jobs magic defense bonus generally. So, I mean, that's a pretty significant uh, thing that you're just like slapping on there. And most mobs don't have very high magic attack bonus as is. So that's really going to go. And magic defense bonus. Distance. I don't know the exact equation offhand and everything, but I do know that the multiplier, I believe, for the damage is subtracted first before by magic defense bonus. It's like a direct subtraction between your base it's... damage that goes further in the equation. It's a ratio. Um, so um, what what happens is when you're doing magic damage, that portion of it is a ratio to itself. So it's your magic attack bonus divided by the uh, defender's magic defense bonus, and then whatever that is at the outcome, or it's vice versa. But it's it's one of the two, and it creates a fraction. And if one outweighs the other, then it's either um, extra multipliers or it's um, it's it's turned into a fraction itself. Uh, so it's basically divided out of. So um, it, it actually goes really, really far, especially when you can do things to cut the mob's magic attack bonus down. I mean, this guy's talking about soloing, but like, let's say you want to bring Fade into the equation. Like, that's even more magic magic attack bonus down. Um, so, I mean, you, once you start adding these things up and adding these things up, you're really cutting the mob's ability to deal any magic damage to you way down. So it's just floors it, basically. And I think Malignance has like 29 magic defense bonus in the whole set. So, And that's a pretty high magic defense bonus for yes. for gear in general because it, it's higher than by a few points in each piece. So you're looking at like 25 on your gear. So to increase it by 50 or at least halfway through, you would assume it's 25. So to double your magic defense bonus with a spell, is it's, it's pretty good. And Mighty Guard will give you an extra 15 magic defense as well. So those two combine. Yeah, that's it's everyone looks at the haste HP and uh and defense it gives you, but it gives you fifteen magic defense bonus, which is probably often one of the best reasons to use it. Yeah, that's pretty legit. So that with a proper magic evasion set with some absorption pieces and negation pieces, the ring, the neck, uh and also I I think I formed this piece just for him, but in general for a lot of solos is the Shadir Serowells. They're a non-eye-level piece that other jobs besides Blue can pick up. Uh, that They have 15 enhancing skill on them, big whoop. But for Blue, actually, I think that might be... Unless the Carmine Legs Plus, I think they're like 18 magic uh, or enhancing. If not, I think actually no, it's the head. So the legs are not. So that's the best piece I believe Blue gets. But it also has 15 plus 2 bar spell on them, 
So as a job that's not even cracking 100 on bar spell, an extra 15 for blue sub rune yes. is super important there. That'll help a lot with... Yeah, and any... Anytime, actually, you're you're using you're you're on a job where you don't have the native bar spells, which means you don't have the native enhancing skill. Usually, like let's say you're you're subbing uh, red mage or, or subbing white mage, um, like like bards do occasionally in, in like geos and stuff. Uh, Shadir Sealer Wells are actually the best legs that you can put on for your bar spells. It gives you the most bonus. Yeah, geo and bard can wear them as well, as well as summoner. Yep. So they are 100 percent worth picking up. Yeah, it might be a pain in the ass to deal with farming Ultima and everything and not having them drop like four times and stuff like that, but got to pick them up. They're really good. So that along with the next thing would be mitigating the burn with a race on Sarama. So if you can take the magic, I mean, even just save your uh, your Valation for Chain Spell, even though it's going to do it multiple times, at least you have that or something uh, just to try and you should be able with that in mind with with uh Celine coat and everything in a proper gear set you should be able now at this point in the game with malignance to just kind of laugh at that uh chain spell so i kind of actually want to go do it with i have to go make a nagling first because i don't have fox's baby i'll just make a nagling <laughs> or something and go fight it and be like oh, there you go it's not it's, pr- it's really easy now because i did it with with uh pinga armor and stuff like that that's horrible to fight in and it's, it's you know so yeah, I couldn't imagine fighting anything in Pinga. In fact, I, I still try to justify having that set because I, I just don't need it for anything it always feels like. The body for carrying on blue, that's mostly it. Yeah, but uh, I don't have the same take as you do on the whole Sarama fight, um, except when I go to, to quote-unquote solo it, I haven't done it without trust or anything. I go on Monk, and it's a crapshoot a lot of the time. Um, I have a similar experience to one of the first people in that post where they're like one of one out of ten or whatever, don't recommend. Uh, yeah, like I, I tried to do it on Monk, uh, to limit a lot of what, what the, he's really going to do to you. And without Sailing Coat, it, even in full malignance, like you still take substantial damage during Chain Spell. Yeah, that's the difference is blue with, with proper magic evasion, which Monk gets too, don't get me wrong. It absolutely gets oh, yeah. it with better fighting gear before malignance came out. Even then, it's still very good fighting gear. Uh, well, there was, a, there was a point in my solo where I swapped into almost full malignance because was just he was just getting really rowdy and I didn't want to get paralyzed anymore. And, all the stuff the guy was talking about. And even then, uh, sometimes he will still nuke you to death in full malignance. Yeah, I'll have to go fight him again. Because I thought he was rather easy. It was just a game of like, well, uh, taking damage up, carrying I, I think it's just how good Sailing Coat is, man. I didn't use Sailing Coat that time, I believe. I think I just oh. did it straight up without... I didn't have it set that time. Maybe... I have to go back. I'm fairly certain I've never used any solo so far. Because I forgot that it was even not 60 seconds anymore. I was literally operating under, I'm like, that's still 60 seconds. I'm not wasting time with that. It's three minutes now. Know. It's been three minutes well, for like four years, five years. Like, like what I usually say, I don't do anything special. It's just to to switch into a full set of malignants and still notice that the mob is hitting you fairly hard. It means you still have to reevaluate your tactic in approaching the fight, though. Um, so uh, blue has extra things in its toolkit that it can bring to the table to support itself. Um, whereas, you know, the monk is going to absolutely need trust. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong when it's more than one character you're doing. Yeah, blue blue can really cheat there with all the abilities it can. Yeah. yeah. The defense down alone was nice. Speed up the fight. Oh, I oh no doubt. At any rate, enough about that. That was good. I was so I was gonna start off with even asking you how you are because we talk all week in text, but I never even stop and go, Hey, how are you, Fox? I'm doing okay. I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the winter break so far. I don't have school start up again until like January, so I'm trying to figure out stuff to do. Um, I don't play as much Final Fantasy XI as you think I would this time. I guess that kind of ties into this episode. Um, 
I pretty much just kind of wait for people to need help. But I mean, outside of that, like I just, I don't know. I watch a lot of nerdy sciencey things on YouTube and indulge in being a nerd in other ways too. Uh, but uh, what what are you what are you been getting up to, man? Uh, well, it's it's six days until the big North American holiday, also known as what is that Yule time? Yes, Yule tide. <laughs> So sure. that's that's by the next time we record, we'll actually be recording the day after, so that'll be fun. Uh, but you know, just thinking of what to make for dinner, like uh, or canard à l'orange, or all these other dishes I want to make, and just basic, you know, German, French, Austrian, American, you know, whatever I feel like making it. A lot of eating and drinking for multiple days in a row is all I'm going to be doing. <laughs> Are you talking about the the whole uh, the whole Yuletide experience? Or yes, you... yes, the Yuletide gotcha. experience. And I'll fire the fireplace up, maybe. It makes a mess. Might just not oh, do man. that. Chestnuts are roasting. I'm going to be playing 11. That's what I'm going to be doing, too. And we have completely different experiences, so this is going to be good. So something that... <laughs> <laughs> something... Something that... Let me do. Something that people talk about all the time. You'll see it a lot in... Not actively but like they kind of insinuate things i mean there's a some terrible ship posters in auctionhouse.com just some that should never exist like a nova you know who you are and they'll be like oh this update's lame why do i even play without saying the why do i even play part they'll just be like this update's garbage again another another garbage update and it's like you see that as some of the first couple posts every month now and it's not always the same person either. So it's a directly of why do you even play this game if you're just going to sit here and be like, oh, there's no update. It's like, okay, great. No one should expect an update, in my opinion. Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. Um, I appreciate this game for what it already is, and I consider updates to be an extra bonus. Um, it's cool that they are putting out content, um, but I, I can kind of see how people can get discouraged thinking that, you know, Square Enix isn't trying or anything like that because sometimes they kind of put the foot forward that makes that kind of validated but um they have done a lot for some of the jobs that people don't play anymore which we've kind of talked about on here and then yeah i mean they're, they're really they're, i can see that they're trying i just don't think that they're trying in in a way that a lot of people expect them to maybe see it depends what your criteria is and how you judge things here i've played for 15 years now as you've played for longer i don't know longer uh technically an earlier start date but i missed a huge frame of yeah. time in the middle so. even even that bit you missed there with what abyssia and early esha uh it would be early esha and all of Adula. I, okay I got so you had abyssia all of abyssia yeah i mean has the community team now been better ever than any point it is today so has the community team ever been better in the past than now i don't know if i can actually answer that i i, I mean i feel it does because i notice it now yes because I, I guess I didn't notice anything about it before. I, th I think I've said before on one of these that uh, I had never really gone to the Play Online sites outside of the Link Shell community thing. And I'd never really looked into their updates or, or anything except to see if like the servers were online or not, if it was my internet or if it was SE just having everything be down. So I guess, you know, now that it, it's kind of at a forefront of what we expect every month, I'd say that they've at least done some kind of job in making us anticipate these things. I would say it's the best it is now because they've had the forums for what, eight years or something stupid now, nine years. And that's been a nice step. But that was one thing. But now they have these, the two girls in the community team who are doing, I don't watch Twitch and I'm not into Twitch, but they're doing a, a live stream of the update every other month. And they're talking about doing it every month that they can. And they're 
you know, they're posting things on Twitter, which I also don't use. But, you know, they're I notice them in places and they're doing oh. they're still doing interviews and stuff like that. So because uh, there was that recent. Oh, man. What, what's up? It, it reminded me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Their, their whole thing where they, where they uh, do the live stream and they're actually in Bonadil locations and everything. Right. Yeah. And they're like doing That's the ambus- they're doing like the ambuscade or whatever on Twitch. So back when they uh, when they gave us the the, the fucking watermelon pet, <laughs> and I was so mad, uh, I stalked that team for almost the entire uh, for like a pretty good portion of the stream, and I just kept saying just never forget. I just followed them around saying never forget, and I was on Beastmaster and like full Empyrean. I have never heard this before, and I'm very curious. Go on. I they didn't say anything back to me. I was just like in all of their shots. Or I was I was in a lot of their shots. Like I ended up in like uh, I, I was there when they were in Sylvina, and I think I was there when they were there in West Ronfar. I remember um, a buddy of mine, Kenochis, was running around on his Fenrir. But uh, I know that they had like the the say blocked out by by their thing, which makes sense. Like that's a smart move on their on their part, given you know the server they're on. But uh, I, I was just there hoping that that they would at least notice or say something, or they would like twitch a little bit, you know. But no, I just got completely ignored. Like. You know, any good Beastmaster should. Wait, but why are you ups- What was the never forget? What was this whole? It, it was. It was about never forgetting Beastmaster because uh, they they thought it was acceptable to give us like a watermelon pet, and that was like when we started to rage because that was our update that they they reskinned a Mandragora and made a really bad pet for us and, and called it an update. You know, if SC is not going to try with Beast, I'm just going to quit. I'm wasting my time. Oh man, I know a guy who to this day um, swears that that him throwing his armor on the ground. It's the thing that got them to, to actually go back through and give us updates and stuff. Oh, well, that's just a most important person in the world. I didn't know Ejin threw his, uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> he, he's a good guy. Uh, the, the guy who did it is, is a pretty good guy, but, um, that's just like the lengths that, that some of us good guys to. don't like, throw their weapons outrage. away. Fox. I, you know, it didn't hurt anyone, but himself, I guess. Yeah, I guess. So um, also they have that adventurer primer, adventuring primer, whatever the hell it is, that that's something that they've never bothered to make before ever. And they really should have, like, from the start of the game. Well, I mean, because back in the early 2000s, you couldn't expect anything like that on the Internet for a game. But nowadays you can, and they, they at least have done that. And, you know, they're still doing these little recordings of, you know, that's another thing I saw. Have you seen those recordings they do where they talk about, you know, it's the two Japanese devs. I don't know their names. I don't know who they are. Sorry, I'm not into that. But they sit there and talk about next update. We're very excited to introduce to the players of the game. And they sit there and they talk. And someone commented on auctions, I think. They go, this is the lowest production values. My girls' makeup tutorial videos have higher production values. Like, what is is wrong with everyone? Yeah, I mean, if, if... Uh, would they expect the same thing out of like the rest of us content creators? I mean, like, sure, you can you can support you know anyone you want to support by subscribing or whatever, right? And I, I guess that in some way is putting money into some of some of their pockets. I know that we don't currently have anything going on like that. We're not and coming I'm, and to I'm probably. Not, yeah, and I'm not commenting on that being the case either. It's just they're they're getting this entertainment for free though. Uh, like, at what point are you feeling in, entitled enough to where? You know, the production just, value just, should be higher. Yeah, just, two guys talking for my benefit. Yeah, just just stop watching them. <laughs> like, hey, that's wait, that's, that's that's actually I wasn't thinking about. It. That's us. We're just talking. Yeah, we're just talking right now. It's not even for uh, anyone's but, benefit, though. So we're, that's a little pompous. We're just having fun. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, if, if people are really going to be that upset about 
them giving us something basically for free, then just don't watch it. I and guess. they've given us information in there that we have in other places when they sit there and talk and, and stuff like that. They give us info about things coming on the pipeline that no one knew about until they said something. So, you know, we apparently care enough to, to read the, the E! Entertainment magazine here, but we don't care enough that they're not doing everything we want. And I don't understand what people's expectations are, but we're getting... We're getting a bit adrift there just because I was saying the community team has never been better in this game at any point than it is now, in my opinion. In my opinion. Well, if we're if we're talking about why we play the game, then I'd say we're not adrift at all, right? Because a lot of people will go update to update, you know, hoping for the next cool thing to come out. Um, I know a lot of people who are um, just waiting for Imperium plus two plus three and, you know, when's that going to launch and what content's that going to be tied to? Uh, there are some people who care a lot about Voracious Resurgence and, you know, what that's going to bring. It, it, everyone plays this game for a different reason. Hey, it's and got that TH plus one egg now. That was nifty. I was actually really excited to get that. That My Thief isn't the best geared, and that really helps out my uh, THDT sets, so I can still hit my plus five and not be, you know, dying in Dynamis, basically. I'll be happy because it lets me AoE better on blue for TH because I do like a, I'll do a nuke or something. It's not, it's not a huge deal because I'm geared enough on blue to the point where I still two-shot stuff with the TH and Tomb first and then, you know, the Spectral Flow after. But not everyone is, and that's not probably always going to be the case. So it's nice I, to have another item that I can use in other jobs too, besides just blow. I feel like that's a good slot for it, also, because like T mm -hmm. TH is is an objectively minor thing, and that's a really low impact a slot to make a swap in. Uh, I would say like the next lowest impact is maybe to have a TH earring. Um, but no, yeah, I it's, think it's, the it's, ammo is probably the lowest impact slot overall yeah. of any slot in the game. Pretty much. And that was like the best slot they could have given us a TH plus one piece in. And that's also too because ammos historically have never been anything but a place an arrow goes or something you're actually throwing, not a place for actual stats. It wasn't until Wings of the Goddess and a little before that, if you count like the Goblin Grenade or something, where they started actually switching towards giving ammos melee stats. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember Abyssia ammos were important, especially for jobs like Dancer with the, the Charis Feather, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. By Abyssia, they were fully moving into that whole thing. That always gets great for me nowadays too. Is like I don't remember like which came first, the Abyssia or the or the Wings, but I, I guess they were kind of the same time as she. No, uh, uh, Wings was like November '07 into eventually finishing, and like three years later, and I think uh, it was like '09 for Abyssia or something like that. But the Smart Grenade, sense. man, remember the Smart Grenade? Is that the strength plus two grenade? No, it's the nothing was on the grenade except like negative something, but it had a hidden effect of attack plus four. I don't remember smart grenade. It was a quest in Grauberg. Oh, man. Yes, right next to the, it's like the little boulders right next to the campaign outpost place there. But anyway, um, where were we actually? <laughs> trying to trying to tie this stuff into why we actually... Well, yeah, I mean, you and, actually and made a slight updates. outline here that we haven't actually gotten to yet, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, and I guess we can eventually, or we can just say that we have an outline and just like throw it out the window and see what kind of rage we get in return. We actually do have, <laughs> for those listening who actually care, we have a couple people out there, more than maybe two, three people at this point who have said, you know, we'd like some more structure. Or, you guys are really off on a tangent too much or this. And it's like, you know, most of this is just talking. So, I mean, it's not ever going to be as good I, as you want, just like the game. I find tangents more interesting sometimes because yeah sure we can talk at you for like an hour and a half about the exact same thing over and over again uh but one thing about like just think about it from like an educational standpoint um people's attention spans usually are at their limit around 45 minutes especially if you don't like diversify things and 
you know, switch stuff up. So to ask someone to listen to us for like an hour and a half, sometimes almost two hours, have done two depending hours on the time. podcast. Yeah. Like to, to ask them to, to listen to us about the same thing, like the whole time is kind of a, a tall order. So I, tangents are good for you. It might be a little frustrating, but it, you'll you'll get more out of it usually. And I've never sat there and go, wait, where were we? Because now I'm actually like, well, we should probably stay on topic for these people. Right. But you are losing more reason to play, it sounds like, whereas I have the yeah. same reason I always have. And I don't even get to put as much time as I want to into things due to everything else. Like I'll sit down to play and something will come up and it'll be like an item I get or something. It's like, okay, let me put this on the wiki because the page is blank on BG. Da, 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 da. Or I'll be playing blue and I'm like, uh let me look at my gear spot for this item and i'll get lost in that for a bit and then oh let me let me look at how my gear set would be in the spreadsheet different ways if i'm wearing this dt set if i'm in this situation changing my dual wheel changing this and that changing my spell sets and you know hours will go by i'm publishing the sword hierarchy and i'm like i haven't actually played yet you know it's funny what what you just described is most of what i do while i'm participating in the uh the real end game of final fantasy 11 which is you know idling around in town um, a lot of times I have a lock style on and people don't realize like I'm actually like swapping gear. Yeah, like, but I want to play Fox. Oh, so do I. I just haven't <laughs> found anything I want to do, I guess. I'm and I don't, Leviathan I don't make... right now, okay? And I'm fine with that. <laughs> and that, that's cool. Like, that's progress. Like, obviously you farm Leviathan so you can get the rocks for whatever upgrade you want to make. Gotta right? smoke uh, those rocks. I'm 3,046, yeah, I think, from finishing Twashtar. And I could buy them all. I have... I have like a couple hundred million yeah, gil. I could buy it all, but I'm kind of like cool just coming home, doing a couple of Leviathans, and I'm winding, and that's it. And and I, I my aim by what I said was not to make this podcast like a bitch fest about. Oh, I never. Oh, it's not going to, to be do. compared to other things we've had a bitch fest about. Oh, for sure. Like I'm not saying that I don't ever have anything to do. I'm just saying the things I would want to do are usually locked behind like event times. Or okay. whether or not people are gonna gra- are gonna gather for something. Um otherwise I usually just very quietly on my own just optimize gear sets. Like I'm up to like my seventh idol set on Paladin for situational use- usefulness right now. Okay, let's go on that road because that's gonna be probably the overall dominant thing that you hear from every person and every I don't want to call them pessimists because I'm a, a pessimist myself and I don't think they're in the same class. Not that I'm in a separate class. Don't read into that too much, but <laughs> These people that always go, there's nothing to do in this game anymore. And that's probably one of the most dominant things I've seen said. Just, I don't quite understand that. Because yes, there are a finite number of things to do. And yes, I've stressed many times of why are you rushing into things? There's plenty of things to do. Why would you want to eliminate as many things as possible to eliminate enjoying the game more? But, you know... Outside yeah. of event times, this game is on demand now, essentially, and it has been for many years, and that is why it's perfect for me to, as I said, come home and unwind putting things in the auction house or moving inventory around, so when I sit yes. down to finally play, or when I want to build something over time that's not major, I have I can do whatever I want whenever I want for the most part. That's the advantage you have over the way I play this game, too, is that, you know, you, you'll see a shout group and you'll be like, you know what, I feel like doing that, let's do that. Did that with Ambuscade, and sometimes yeah, it's disastrous, but sometimes it works. And there's still an entertainment value that comes from disasters too, as long as you don't take yourself too seriously. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I assume that'd be the case, right? So I, I don't know. Like I, I, I think I take myself too seriously. Like I, I could join those shout groups also. It's just I 
I don't really want to necessarily go into ambuscade just to just to fail. There's I, a fine I, line sometimes. You don't want to sit there and gather and put effort into something that's just going to completely yeah. explode worse than Chernobyl. I mean, you don't want that. But at the same time, you can't be paralyzed in, well, I'm not good enough to join, or, well, I don't want to waste time joining, or they're probably not going to win anyway, or this. You should be able to read the room pretty quickly, send a couple tells, feel it out, see what's going on, join, check some people. Ooh. I'm completely in the wrong here. Like, I, I honestly think that I would have a better experience with the game if I would just do that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I play the game to play the game. And I, I constantly go on about how, how I want to help people and make them better. And if I'm not joining these groups, then who am I really helping to make better at this point? Like, because most of the people I play with on the day to day is for, for an event that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in this podcast. Like, I'm finding out that a lot of the people I used to play with just don't play anymore. And, you know, I'm becoming more and more of an obscurity with even inside my own circles. Wow. And you, you got us. I really want to help people. It's me and the well, audience. Exactly. Audience and I. Oh, hey guys. But yeah, I like I I I want to continue to grab for reasons to play this because I enjoy playing this. Um and I, I do want to play with people and I and I I want to actually live the mantra that I am always throwing out there. Like I actually do want to just go help people. So maybe I should just, you know, you already do that a hell of a lot more than it. I do, unless you count editing public information. <laughs> well, you gotta count that though, right? No, no, because there's there's charity work and then there's just providing resources i don't do the charity so. work too much sometimes i'll see someone and i'll like hey, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do some charity work right now but n most of the time i'm like oh fuck that i think a majority of what i bring to the table um is kind of actually the, the first bullet point that, that i'm going to get to that's actually on our outline is uh since we kill everything dead um future proofing is is one of the things that i wanted to talk about is like a reason why we play the game and it's kind of weird to play something in the moment and think towards the future of what se might bring um, but some people do like to actually make sure that they're prepared for like events to come and to make sure that they have like builds for their jobs around something that might happen or just to be ready for things in general. I have like um, my evasion build on Thief I'm still steadily working yeah. on and I've never been able to use it yet because I don't have a group that I could utilize that with yet, but I want to use it one day. I was, I was, I'm still really fascinated by that. I, I want to see if that works. It wouldn't be the greatest thing. A ninja would be better, but I mean... If you could crank a Thief's Evasion up really high with a 20% parry rate or whatever uh, against some NMs, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And this is why some people play the game, too. Like, uh, we're jumping in here. We're seeing a piece of gear that some people have written off for whatever reason. And some people just kind of think is okay. Uh, but we see a unique stat on a piece of gear. and We want to build around it. We, we want to do cool things with it because we know it synergizes with this next thing. And, and sometimes that's the reason to play. Like, I can spend an entire day playing this game and never actually kill anything. I'm playing this game because I'm like doing things that some people think are boring, like optimizing Alua or building my seventh idol set on Peld. I like it's evaluating my progress of my thief over months and months by how fast I'm doing Omen on a thief farm. Well, there you go. Well, that's still an efficiency meter, you know? Some I needed to trade us anyway. So. Yeah. I think another thing you're going to see too, of we've done everything, uh, what's next was your point here, is you were talking before about a lot of people have left and you feel more obscure. I mean, aside from a quick point, you got to be comfortable in your own skin. You got to not be care if you're, you know, if I was the most known or the least known person, it wouldn't change what I do. So from that perspective, uh, that's that. But in terms of people leaving, you've done everything. What's next? You know, if we want to give a shout out to our, our good friend, Murr, you know, it seems like to me, he's also at that point where he's 
for those who don't know, we've talked about Murr a couple times. He he. Um, he's at that point where he's lotting gear for his mule, and he already has an alt that he's geared up, and his main he's geared up, and he's like he's a like a lot of people are like that. Not a lot. I I can't say a quantitative value here, but many people are like that where they go after gear and they like getting gear and they like getting more gear and gearing up new jobs and getting all this gear and all I've geared up all my jobs I think I think and you go oh well what's next I'm kind of bored now it depends on what your definition of like done is at that point then I guess it's not fox done that's for sure we've heard that well, already yeah I, I guess I guess if you want to make that comparison you can um I have one. Like I've said this before. I have twenty-one out of twenty-two jobs geared. Um, I have inventory issues out of my ass on this job, but you can do it, right? Um, and I honestly feel that you know tweaking these jobs, even if it's minor, in, in a lot of ways, helps push me towards the the the, the next point I kind of wanted to make, or or future point I wanted to make about you know do you care about just your main jobs or do you care about, you know, the group dynamics as a whole? And I think uh, one, one of the things I strive to do is be universally useful so that we can do all the content so I can play the game. You know, it kind of has that, that, uh, that cascade effect. And I like to make sure that even the most obscure jobs I have, have gear on them that can do what they need to do. Like I've gone thief to things recently. And for the, for the people who know me, um, they know that I don't like thief at all. Um, it's again it's not that it's a bad job or anything i just always feel i might as well be a dancer instead oh wow and well yeah i i feel like that's like level 75 mentality right there you know dancers thief but better you're you're absolutely correct um and the thieves do fine like i did fine when i was on thief in there it's just i just always in the back of my head like i always think it man i could be helping the group just a little bit more being on something else and that's where we diverge yeah I'm more than certain that's the case. Uh, and I, I'm in there in Dynamis on Thief, so I gave someone a shot to be on a job that wasn't Thief so they could get RP. And I I thought that that was just great. I got to experience Dynamis on a job I was never on, so it was kind of fresh in a way. And, you know, it, it helped the whole group out. It's just uh, I, I don't ever feel like it's possible to be done with this game because the um, because it's not necessarily a matter of like what gear you've acquired. It's how you use that gear. And then at the end of the day, you also have to evaluate the gear you have acquired and figure out if it really is good enough. And that's something a lot of the, you know, when people go and say this person is the best X, the best Y. Martel, for example, since we had him on last episode, is only as good as what he's at because he focuses on those things a lot and he doesn't concern himself with everything. And he has gotten to that point where I have all this gear, I really want to evaluate it. How can I push this? And he he focuses in that one area. You happen to, you know, focus in a few areas while trying to help everyone, which it depends how much time and effort you had to put into this. You could certainly do that as well. But it's a matter of there's people out there who gear up every flavor of the month job, and they happen to generally be mercs, and they yeah. approach it from that way. Not always mercs, but obviously they approach it from that way because that seems to be a big thing is everyone stresses, oh, this is the best. Best in slot is a laughable thing. I hate that yeah. phrase because nothing is really best in slot. Best for purpose. Best in slot for this purpose. I'll always say it's best in slot for X Y Z for X Y. That's there's a it's that's a like a a Russian nesting doll there. Best for this weapon <laughs> skill against this sort of target in this situation. You know, and it's common enough situation. So therefore, it's best or, in slot. 
or they go out and get X Rima and assume that 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 they're done at that point. Usually, it's a mythic. You you go out and get a mythic. It's like, oh, I'm done with this job now. Uh, like, I got the mythic. We can pick it up. Never forget Ronstadt having uh, nothing but a resolution set and no tour cleaver. Right for his Empyrean weapon. And I'm not trying to belittle people who oh, I was. Well, right, but but I'm not. It's foolish. It's like you, it's like I was getting out. You see all these people that go and get all this gear really quick. They burn through it in like a day. They murk the hell out of everything so they can buy everything in the game they want. And then these people turn around and you see them, and then they tend to vanish. The ones who don't, like Yanran, I think, are just selling Gil. Obviously, is why they keep doing it. But you see these people, <laughs> and they just they vanish because. I mean, if that's how you approach the game, it will never be enough for you. And in fact, nothing will ever be enough for you if you approach it from the point of rushing through everything as fast as you can, not really knowing what you're doing, taking information from everyone else to try and do what you can to say you're the best, uh, doing that, and then, uh, well, did it. That's it. It's over. I think we're, yeah, the, the rushing thing makes sense. Like, I, I think we're we're going too far out of our way to reach that end result, which we've talked about before on other on other podcasts. And... I think what we should be doing is we should be focusing on on the, like, the jobs that we really like the best and gearing them to the point where we can actually artificially add more challenge into our own runs to make it more interesting and doing it in a unique way because we're better geared. Uh, because we, we've talked about like gearing towards nothing. It's like we feel like we're, we're just That's becoming more and more powerful and there's no reason. Yeah. But I mean, we are kind of the masters of our own difficulty level. Like we, we can actually go out on these bold strats and and tweak our jobs in such a way that maybe we can approach it a little bit differently and it'll be a little bit harder but because now i'm more geared i can actually make this happen and it, it makes the content you're approaching more interesting and gives you a reason to play and it it opens up more possibility for other people to play with you that you wouldn't have normally been able to take before because they're not like the best of the best gear you know, if any of that makes sense. Before Afterglow to Zona came out, this is also before I did Sarama, before R15 or R was even a thing, and before Malignance, it wasn't possible to do that when it first came out, and it wasn't until, it wasn't necessarily so much gear improvements. There were the pieces here and there. Magic Evasion was the big thing that got me through that fight, and that was something that came after Afterglow. But without Afterglowing to Zona, the previous non-Afterglow to Zona wouldn't have probably put out enough DPS for me to do that fight effectively, I would have run out of steam like that other guy. So I really like gearing up. I have my few favorites. I have Blue, Dragoon. I haven't been paying as much attention to Rune as I should because it's kind of faded a bit. And what I run into, I, yeah. I use it for Ambuscade more. Like the other day when we were talking about doing that fight, I have to go Rune because I have nothing else because I'm not you and don't have all these jobs <laughs> that are useful. I like one job generally and it's generally you're going to tank it. And I, I, my, my rune is good. I, you know, it's just, I could make it, it, it's not to me, like a lot of people go, oh, his rune's great. He could tank it. And it's like, yeah, I can. But to me on a personal level, knowing myself, the effort I put into blue or even dragoon, it's, it's just higher. It's higher. And no one sees that, but me. And I know right away what I'm ready for and this and that. And that is only possible to solo these harder and harder things. Like I remember Fenrir. When I was trying to solo him, which was it's pointless nowadays, and it's it's still kind of fun, but <laughs> yeah. it was a struggle. That was before Afterglow as well, uh, and it's just now gear is improved to the point where it's like, okay, Fenrir is kind of a joke. Uh, he might still get you with his one hour or something, but anyway, it's a joke. But what's harder now that I could never solo before that I can fight now, 
and outside of mechanics or certain requirements you have, it's we're still getting to that point where on certain jobs, it's really impressive if you can go and fight something like like Martel. He had a Geo with him. If you don't have a Geo with you on Dragoon and trying to fight Yakshi alone, even just taking Truss would be very impressive because that's a really not easy thing to do, especially yeah, for a job like Dragoon. Candle Pierce will wreck you. Yeah, yeah, that alone. You, have to, you kind of like have to fight it and hope it doesn't do it. And even in my opinion, it's not a real solo at that point. If you just keep fighting something, hoping it doesn't do the move that you can't get past. But That's still, the nonetheless, the mob is difficult. If you take Cannon Pierce out of it, that mob in itself, just pretend he doesn't have it, it's still an impressive solo. So you couldn't do that without focusing on certain jobs. And I don't think most people put that effort into their job. They kind of, maybe, I think maybe we're in a more of a common environment in the game nowadays overall that people are paying more attention to their DT sets, but it's just kind of people just pay attention to a couple select sets. This is my TP set. This is my weapon skill set. And those have really taken most of everyone's attention. And I don't think people like even care half the time. Most of the people you find in the pug, I don't think really care past those two TP and, and weapon skill sets and then DT if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. Quite frequently, I made a, a comments about it on a on a run that we did as, as as the group. I always talk about where hey, we're gonna go kill stuff to death. Um, we were in uh, we were in an omen run and we were just kind of farming on whatever jobs we had available, which made it real interesting. But I was main healing this thing on summoner, and like people were exploding, Pe- people were exploding as though they never had like any kind of DT set on the job. And like I was I was saying I was like indirectly saying stuff about it, and then I was a smart ass about it, and then I was like starting to lose my patience, like it, it like slowly degraded and i mean i realized that that we were on like b jobs you know it's like we weren't like a team style we were going in there to get cards because it's the card event and you know just mess around because it's omen we can do whatever and you know i i guess i had the expectation that like maybe they would have a dt set if they were trying to do this and just see that's the expectation you'd have for yourself because you hold yourself to that standard most people don't yes so I think that's a big part of the game people are missing. Everyone says, you know, min-maxing is the game, because I also agree that is the game is largely based on min-maxing. It's a unique thing that gives the game its, you know, its lasting ability there. But people talk about min-maxing, and they don't do it for everything, just whatever they think is important. And when I get on a new job that doesn't have, like, those DT sets and stuff I'm used to, I feel it immediately because I know the difference. And if you've never known the difference of, oh, I should be able to survive this well because I do it on this job in this manner, you like you. If you don't know the difference, it's just, oh, this thing's hitting me hard. It's always hit me hard. You know, you don't know the difference, but once you do, you kind of can't look back. Yeah. And there's a lot of obscure pieces. Okay, here's an example. Who would want to upgrade to R15, the lower kit torque, the one from Behemoth, because all it gives you is an extra 30 or 45 defense, which is nice. And five percent spell five percent spell interruption rate. It's like I look at that and I go, "Oh snap! I can move all this gear around in this macro for my spell interruption rate based on this, that, and this for other jobs that aren't on Moonbeam Necklace or whatever." And you know, I'm like, "Oh, that's great." And most people just kind of ignore those pieces because it's like, "Oh, why do I need this? Why do I need extra counter or evasion on this? Uh, this what is that neck from the Manta? The Bathy neck? Yeah, okay, we'll talk about that separately here. <laughs> But yeah, they, those certain okay. pieces, and it's like most people ignore that because it's that like so it's good. not best for weapon skilling. And it's like, uh, are you sure there's nothing to do in this game? Because you seem like you're ignoring half of the game. Okay, so you're talking about the people who ignore it, and then there's the the people like you who are like trying to switch gear around to hopefully that this new piece will optimize something. 
um, then what I'm going to do is take that a step further. And this is how I usually see things. Um, whenever I see weird stats on gear, especially when it's new gear, I always raise an eyebrow. And this, this, this boils back into um, the what's SE going to do next sort of thing. And when I see like weird things like, like really high defense gear or, you know, augments that, that provide just that, I'm, I start thinking, well, why is this going to be relevant? They have been putting more defense on things. Yeah, like you notice that, and I would assume attack. And I'm mobs. thinking, I'm thinking. Well, the only times that that's really going to matter a whole lot is in situations where maybe they've nerfed geomancy. So, like maybe we have a situation where our wilts aren't going to be as good as normal, and we want to make sure that our defense, uh, comparative to attack, is favorable for like the mob side of things. And currently, the only fight where that truly matters, like it matters always, but the only fight where it truly matters is versus Odin. Zandetsukan uh, X. Uh, it actually avoids the death attack if you can meet the P-diff ratio in reverse uh, against him. Um, and with them adding him and and having that mechanic specifically, you know, facing a, a potential way to build against him and, you know, the nerfing of the Geobubbles and then seeing all this new high defense stuff on here, I, I can't help but raise an eyebrow thinking, well, maybe I should be taking this stuff into account because this could be a direction we're heading in. Like, maybe defense is going to matter. Like, look look at uh, Moral Talk or whatever, the uh, SU-5 Sword for Paladin. 3% of uh, HP is defense on that sword. Like, people have talked about Moral Talk with me a lot, a, a ton lately, and that part of the sword is never brought up. They're, they talk about the HP plus on it. They talk about the cure potency plus on it. You know, all of these things that the sword can do, but I never, never hear anything about the defense bonus. And that matters because when I'm on Paladin, I'm seeing that my defense is sitting around like 3.5k, if not higher. Like that that's without like song specific. And when you're on Blue Mage, you see your defense is like 1300 before you get Mighty Guard and Cocoon <laughs> and go up to like 19 and change or something. So Yeah. Well, I'm talking about having Cocoon on Paladin also. Like, well, yeah, I'm just po- I'm pointing the difference out. Your defense is like more than double the average DD's defense in DD gear or even DT gear. Yes, and then if we if if we look at like the adjustments they've made to Paladin, like with uh, shield blocking being more relevant, and you know the, just the, the the weird gear that we have access to, like I found that well the the hardest thing idea. for me, the hardest thing for me to juggle in a lot of the sets, like when I'm building Paladin, for for example, um, is I have a hard time hitting fifty percent DT outside the weapon. And it's not for lack of gear. I obviously have all the gear that can do it in any combination. It's just I'm trying to build a specific thing like shield block or something. And getting to 50% with like the highest available shield block while keeping your HP high is actually a really tough hurdle. And um, I'm just noticing that things like defense, like, and this is going to sound blasphemous, but maybe we could sit at 48% DT if we're going overboard on defense. You know, depends. Exactly, because I mean, when you start messing with percentages and stuff, um, you are really shortchanging yourself. Percentages are the most broken game mechanics balances in any video game you play. Like, if you can exploit something that's percentage-based, you are probably breaking the game. Well, think about it this way, not necessarily because uh, on my blue thing, I have a little chart there of Phalanx versus Barrier Tusk, because Barrier Tusk lets you get up past 50% DT. Uh, up to 57.5 at the top of my head, I believe. So there's a certain point. You have to take at least about 400 damage from a mob's attack to make Barrier Tusk better than just subbing Red Mage and casting Phalanx with 190 plus Phalanx gear. And we're not talking like Dark Matter. We're talking Taeon plus three. Yeah. So 
you you have to if you have a really good phalanx dark matter set then you would have to take you know maybe closer to 500 damage plus a hit which it doesn't happen in a normal hit it only be from certain nms from certain tp moves because normally nms don't even hit a normal hit for that high so not every necessarily everything percentage based is the greatest way missing that two percent because when i said i have an idea it's uh against halfus you notice when he buffs up his attack with war cry and everything yep. Uh, he will just absolutely wreck you. And when that's off, it's it's a huge difference between his moves and everything when he's not attack buffed and when you're defense buffed. Uh, it's a oh, huge yeah. difference between some of that. So they're already trying to introduce it with harder NMs. And, you know, there are people who look towards how valuable extra defense in this little slot can be if I move this around. They'll be rewarded with better survivability than most people would pay attention to. And lately, it's been low-key on the forefront of a lot of gear. Um, because there's always a more exciting stat urge. There's always a more exciting piece in the, the same line of gear that, that people will want first. But that, that defense plus is always hanging out. And I'm not saying for people to like go out and build their defense build or whatever, like it's the new hot thing. It's a hard thing to do it's on just, Rune, too. It, it's, it's something that should be on your radar. Yeah, Rune's a big one. It's uh, hard to get, get defense pretty, on Rune. Yes, it is. And Rune can get fairly good defense, but they're they're not... They're not without like the assistance of songs and stuff. They're, they're not breaking 3K very easily. And that's probably another reason SC's introducing defense is more of a dynamic because they're yeah. indirectly also adding more distinction between DDs and tanks and other jobs that have higher defense gear. Like heavier DDs get higher defense gear too, but you wouldn't notice or care because they have no magic evasion, etc. So they're probably trying to down the road. Not that I'm saying they're they're omnipotent here and they, they can see all they need to see and they need to add this subtle distinction between jobs on gear and because we know se tweaks everything with gear anymore they don't want to make big job adjustments unless it really needs to be done like with monk yeah. or beast and things like that but i think they're really trying to fine-tune to make defense more pronounced honestly as you're saying to distinguish between jobs not necessarily for content they're going to add although they they did post that uh in three weeks from now we're going to have the next update with a new wing of odyssey which might be a reason to do odyssey for you people I haven't done Probably. even Shoal C because I'm not at that point where I care enough to go I'm, make that lower case. I'm work. with a lot of people that I've heard talk about it where Odyssey was just a big letdown. And uh, for them to introduce what, from what I understand it to be, is like a boss rush, I think is, is what it's coming up to be. It's like a boss arena. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I think that's actually a really interesting way of going about it. Like you can just cut to the chase. It's like your, your Geish Fate things. Um, you go in, you kill the boss, you do cool things with your group. Hopefully, you know, it's an epic fight and you can you can enjoy doing it, you know, on top of needing to be geared. And and hopefully it's a challenge because why do we play the game? Like, we want a challenge like uh, that's on your we list. Don't play. Yeah, we don't we don't. Yeah, we don't play a game this old and, you know, where we're this powerful and, and a game where that's this complicated. Well, if we don't like challenge in some way or another. You know, I didn't look too intently at the thumbnail of that new wing, but it was a Dullahan, but it looked to me like a different looking, more NM-ish, they changed the helmet kind of Dullahan. He's like a little more of like a Dark Knight looking thing, which Dullahans are Paladins, Dark Knights, whatever. You have Dark Knight NM Dullahans. So maybe this, they're going to focus on a, he's obviously going to have a shield block. He'll be like a Paladin first, but obviously maybe he's probably going to have some high attack with the, the Dark Knight aspect of the Dullahan there. They could just make them a whole Dark Knight NM. They can do whatever they want with the NM. They don't have to follow rules for NMs. They always ignore them. But that could be another thing. Yeah. Because they could add... That Nayahito move is always weird. They could add another move like that based off of like Odin's thing with defense. I'm not... I mean, I'm going off in the sticks here, but I'm just saying the Dullahan in general will have higher attack than other NMs. 
Well, anytime you speculate about anything, you're going off into the sticks because it's not something that, you know, we were actively... Well, it's easy to stick with the fact he's going to have higher attack as a Paladin Dark Knight. Yeah, and right now we're defining what we why we play this game, though, is like we enjoy theorycrafting these things and being ready for this inevitability. Um, and I'm saying that like that's going to be the case. I guess inevitability is not the best word. But um, we we like to and, and this could even circle back to why people can get so upset about the updates. You know, if uh, people are like us and they're looking forward to this this new content and like the cool things that, that we can do because of it. Um, and then they don't receive it. I, I can kind of see why people get salty. They've been told otherwise, though. They've been told that, you know, a lot of people thought the game was frankly ending when they turned off PS2 and Xbox. Oh, it's the end of, of major. Shit. Well, everyone is. If you Google it. Yeah. If you Google how long did Final Fantasy XI run for or how long did Final <laughs> Fantasy XI last, it'll come up with like, if you ask Google Home, probably it would even tell you Final Fantasy XI is discontinued on the Xbox and PS2. It is now PC only. Yeah. You know, if you, you click how long did it last and the first bulletin is it's still going. I'm like, oh, OK, that's funny. There, there are sometimes you'll like read forums and you'll see posts from people. It's like this game's still alive. Yeah, that's actually not uncommon, too. It, it happens pretty regularly between everything but i completely forgot what i was going to say before all that well let me let me help with something else it's it's like find something in this game to be excited about oh and I that's know. why you play the game so yeah i was saying they said it's the end of major content updates da, 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 and people were told santa's not coming anymore for christmas and every time there's an update it seems like all these kids are waiting for santa to come and they were told santa's not coming but we've still gotten a lot of presents yes I've still gone to Kmart. You've gotten occasional trinkets here and there, but Santa is not coming. And every update, everyone seems to expect Santa to be coming. He's never coming, but you can still enjoy his workshop and all of the toys there are, and new toys will circulate in, but stop expecting things. They've really instilled that in us, too. I remember once upon a time, I used to hate every update that came because it was like eight hours that I couldn't play the game. You know, this this is way back when. And... You know, the, the updates never really had anything new with it. Like, if it, if it had something new, it's because they released an expansion, usually. You know? We got spoiled and, by the uh, monthly update cycle, because it used to be yes, three months. Did. If not longer sometimes, it'd be three months plus before you get any update whatsoever. And it's a hell of a lot better now that they're doing a new ambuscade every month. They reset points. you got to rebuild up. Doing that has infinitely better than years. That, like, how many years ago was it? It was, like, even, even like... The Abyssia era, it was like every three months or something, even before that too, it was like you were getting no updates at some point for four months even sometimes. Yeah. It, it was just maintenance updates. And that's kind of what I was talking about is unless they were releasing a new add-on scenario or something like that, like you didn't get new, new things. Like that that came with your expansion. And at least they're kind of patching up the fact that they aren't doing that anymore by giving us all of these things that they've given us in, in quick succession, honestly. So what I would say is, if everyone curbs their enthusiasm and really puts things into perspective, you shouldn't be bummed out. I mean, everyone wants to see things happen. No one likes when their team loses the game. But you shouldn't be really bummed out if you don't get anything in an update. I know it's easier said than done, but you have to put yourself in the right perspective here. Why do you play this game? What do you enjoy doing? What are you waiting for if you're waiting for something? And what haven't you done that you want to do? Don't get hung up on the update. Don't get hung up on how long the game's going to last. Is it worth it for me to invest my time? If you don't enjoy it, it's never worth it. If the game ends tomorrow and you're having fun, anything's worth it. So if everyone just kind of 
really takes a look inside. What do I enjoy? Am I only playing for friends? Do I hate this game, but I like my friends? Are my friends gone, so I'm gone? You know, you really need to like sit down and take stock and inventory, I think, as a community of why each person is really still involved. Because honestly, Fox, I think that there's people, I don't want to name any names here because that's just, it's crossing a line at this point for this topic. I think there's people who have played this game for so long that they've grown up playing this game and they have nothing better to do. It'll, by and large, they have nothing else in their life that really takes yeah. precedence over the or, lack of value they're putting forward into their existence. So they kind of just play because they've always they've, played. Well, yeah, or or they they've done it so much that it it feels weird not to play it. Yeah, because I I know I know the first time that I quit that was me, and I know that you know I leave this game on twenty four hours a day. Like it feels weird to not have it on my screen on on because I have multiple screens on my my computer. Um, on one of my screens, I almost always have it up, you know, because I never log out of it. There's no reason Should to probably really. get that checked. Well, right. And I, and I, what I'm saying is, is that it can seem kind of strange for it to be off. Like, it just kind of feels weird. Like you like when you reach that point, you notice it, but it's not necessarily something that, that's going to like drive you insane. It's not like you're going to start marking on the walls and stuff. <laughs> you know, you, you'll you'll get over it. Right. But just the fact that it's in the back of your head and you specifically notice the game's not on, it uh, it makes me think that sometimes people might be playing out of habit. And and I think I might actually fall into this category as well. I would ex- um, assume so. I think like, I'm going to come in yeah. your room and the screen's going to be off and I'm going to go knock on the door. Fox? You, you, you there, buddy? <laughs> Fox? And like you're going to come out doing that, like the ring backwards crab walk with your hair going down, like walking out backwards in a crab walk beneath your bed saying 11 or something stupid or something something oh, man. creepy I got, I got the hair for it too i have the hair for it <laughs> so good bring tea oh it's it's how i walk out to the kitchen yeah backwards crab walk upside down broken neck hair tripping down but yeah i mean it, it, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not saying that to like point out anything that's that's specifically weird it's just you know it's a little weird well, what I'm trying to get at is is there are still reasons to play this game because you personally want to play for you, not just because it's out of habit or not just because it's expected because the group expects you to be there or anything like that. Um, deep down, if you're playing this thing still in, with all of its flaws and with all of the the, thi- the things that SE disappoints us on regularly, if, if we're still playing it, it's because there's something in here that you like to do. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... My life's always changed through this game because in the other room, I have the person that makes fun of me every day, and, and that's good to have. Yeah, and I've almost been married three times, and most of the time they've hated this game. So, the, you know, Fox, you're kind of digging yourself a hole here between don't turn the game off, been almost married three <laughs> times, you know. <laughs> you, you're kind of digging a hole today. No, I don't care. That's good. See, I mean, that's why we play the not, game because we wrong. don't care. I guess. Like, it's not wrong, though. And I mean, these are things that need to be said regardless um, because if, if people are going to be weird about, you know, whether or not we're playing this game at all or, you know, just just for us to see enough feedback and not direct feedback for our channel or anything, but just feedback in the game in general, like forums and stuff like that with people saying like stuff along the lines of why do we even play anymore? Well, sometimes you just have to sit down and take a hard look at that lens and and turn it inwards and, and figure out, like, is that me, too? Yeah, I, that's I, as I was getting out there. Yeah, it is very important to take stock. And it, it's kind of like. Are you mature enough to take stock? Do you just do things and you're so immature you can't really sit there and evaluate your life? 
because it, it's like being in a relationship. Are you mature enough to sit down and, and talk about your differences and expectations you're having with your partner? Or do you just kind of like get upset at each other and like, hmm, hmm, whatever, you know, and kind of like go <laughs> on to what ends because you let things fester beneath the surface for so long without paying attention to them that you slowly decayed the structure around you without you know, proper maintenance. And, you know, it's important to be able to do that as a human being. Otherwise, you're kind of just not getting the most out of yourself. Yeah. And we min-max, so we need to min-max ourselves. We need to min-max ourselves. Be all the bard that you can be. That's so insightful, man. We've been a while for that bard comment. We need that bard comment more. Gotta keep it going. Oh, man. So, I guess... (laughs) I guess we can be done with this part for now. Um, so I know that I've taken up a lot of jobs in this game, and I know that to perpetuate me playing the game, you know, I I will do this next job because it's interesting, and you know, I'll gear it next for whatever reason. Uh, what does it usually take for you to want to pick up another job in this game? Well, I want to actually play Beastmaster now because of everything you talked about, and I don't think I'm alone <laughs> because other people have commented that same thing of like, even Rua was talking about wanting to be Beastmaster because of you too, so. And maybe not just well, you specifically, but just someone pulling back that curtain of something you would have never thought to look at. Well, hopefully people do, because I'm not the only one who knows what Beastmaster does, and I'm not the only one who can figure out what Beastmaster can do. So uh, the more minds we have working on cool beast stuff and, and ridiculous builds, the better. So more power to them. Please, please be let that be the reason you play this game, for sure. The Siegfried and Roy of Beastmaster, the Fox Danger. Oh, boy. It's a yeah, it's a cool job, <laughs> and you know if if that is something you want to do, yeah, by all means, like it's it's really fun, like and and that's something you have to take into account too. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna keep playing this game and you want to pick up another job, like make sure it's a job that's fun. Like I'm someone who has picked up other roles to make sure that events go smoothly because I really like the party play with events and stuff. Like I'm really focused on link shells, as obviously, or, or or as I've stated obviously in in previous podcasts and stuff, um, but. Don't let that be the only reason you do it. Like let your let you actually let yourself actually be interested in what you're you're trying to pick up because I think you'll have more fun with it. See, I I'm a very busy person and I don't have the time. I mean, not like anyone else isn't busy in the world and not like I'm not the reason that I'm busy. I could, you know, probably free up time to do things, but I have other things to do. And I don't have the time I want to put into this game, so when I finally get into it, it's kind of like, oh, I'm enjoying this, and you, you know, you got to get into it in different ways. But I don't have time for link shells and that nonsense and that garbage, so I'm kind of alone there in that regard. So between you and I here, I enjoy being able to focus on jobs that just I play and not have to worry about being useful to link shell or anyone anymore i mean you kind of get locked out of some shouts unless you make them yourself and sometimes you can't just like change everything around to if it's there's certain strategies work for things you can't just you know kind of force i'm gonna come thief you know you can't just force that into a a summoner burn you know so (laughs) yeah for real you need treasure hunter for albumen oh that's gross (laughs) i'm gonna use collaborator on someone damn it but no, um, certain strategies don't work. You're not going to be the thief supporting black mages either. I mean, that's true. But yeah, I, so you're prepared for that. I'm not. But I, I kind of like being able to focus on myself and not feeling obligated to because it but put it this way. Everyone's the DD in a link shell. And as tiring as link shells are, someone has to be the bard too. And you don't want to be that guy who's always just like, I'm not helping anyone out. Forget you guys. I don't want to play that. And you kind of you kind of have to 
kind of to do things you don't want to do sometimes. And it's I, so funny I don't have too, to. because uh, I, I know that that when we ask people, like when we're doing LS stuff, when we ask people to come jobs like Bard and stuff, it's always kind of like in an apologetic way. Like like we're we're assuming we're we're basically imprinting the fact that we don't want to be on that job particularly onto the person who's like about to go. That it has job a stigma because, too because of you know, that too. We, we don't we don't. Yeah, we, we don't know their reaction to it. I mean, they could be they could be a crazy person like me and absolutely enjoy playing support jobs or whatever. It's just always attached to it, though. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but, but can you come Bard? Or I'm, I'm sorry, can you come Geo? And like, maybe the guy wants to play that at that time. Like, I'm sorry, can you come White Mage? It, it, well, I mean, the dude hasn't leveled, so why wouldn't he be on it, I guess? Uh, White Mage is different because White Mage is... I would enjoy white mage a lot more than playing bard or geo and i think bard gets a bad rap because it's annoying to have to sing now three four five you know all these songs and different people's songs and then they die and then just kind of after a while you get tired of having to re-sing without ability you know it's just you know trobs down you know it's just kind of i could see how that would get tiring after a while to have to on a geo you just put a bubble up the most annoying thing about geo is oh everyone's moved now i gotta take it away now i gotta do this you know that could be tiring too but but bard definitely gets tiring the the one thing i don't like about playing bard is having to re-put up my dummies and i always die oh yeah (laughs) if it's not you it's somebody else man and we actually have a running joke in our in our ls that when when we hit nitro we're actually signing someone's death death warrant because like someone is about to die because we hit nitro. It's more likely it happens every time. Giving them more ability to do damage and pull eight. So yeah, well, it's it's more about putting up the nitro songs and then having to sing for this other person again in a way that's really awkward. Where like you 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 come at a crossroads to am I going to do this the easy way and just reoverwrite my songs again and they're not nitro songs anymore, or am I actually going to walk this person over or pnsmo these songs on? And it just gets like frustrating. Like I can see the. The people, especially since we dual box bards a lot, um, between the, the two people who are primarily dual boxing a bard, um, I most of the time what happens is they'll either separate or they'll just like straight up be done with it and they'll just overwrite songs right there where people stand. And uh, Nitro just always has that feel where it's like, oh, someone's about to die. I'm about to put up songs again. Yeah, that, that, that part's kind of frustrating. So you've talked about perspectives before, and I think what people find fun in this game is all the obviously going to be down to what their perspective is and i mean not everyone's gonna enjoy farming up twashtar or something and at times it's not enjoyable but i mean waiting for repop on that stupid tiger i mean and then like oh let me well big boxes are dropping not getting my king tiger's hide now because i got like a few ebony lights from killing everything else but and i could see wanting to skip past that and people find it more fun to just buy everything skip past everything get past that so they can a lot of people just think end game is the fun thing so I could also understand that. So your perspective is going to change how much you enjoy this game. Like uh, you were talking before about the thing you wanted to get into earlier. You just want to get into it about the Master Trial? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, we were trying to put together a, uh, a run at Sealed Fate because, uh, like I said before, um, that's the one Master Trial I've never done. Like, I haven't even attempted it. I have attempted I get a group to do it. Um, well, I, I was talking with Spicy and uh, Rumoko and other people, too, um, to try to set up not only Sealed Fate, but a really cool version of Sealed Fate, where the um, best. I, I think it might actually be the, the best version, but we don't know yet because we haven't tried. Uh, so basically, the, the the best setup is where you take a uh, just about everyone subs ninja except for the bard. Uh, you have a rune fencer, you have a monk, you have a red mage, and you have two summoners, right? 
And you basically use mewing strats, mewing lullaby, to keep their TP at zero for the entire fight. You uh, you fight this thing over time using a very controlled TP. And based on the mechanics of this particular fight, you have to constantly deal damage to both of them, or they'll benediction, basically. And I'm not going to get into the, the specifics of it, but it's a pain in the ass, and you do not want them doing TP moves because they will wreck you. Um, this is considered the safe strat. Um, you almost will always win within 50 to 55 minutes, if not a little bit sooner. And uh, what my idea was is that we bring a Beastmaster in to replace the monk. And my reasoning for this is a Beastmaster is also going to be capping or near capping Subtle Blow. But it's also going to be bringing a pet into the fight that is going to lower the defense of both mobs. It's going to be lowering the attack of both mobs. Or you can uh, go through and you can put uh, negative uh, 25 magic defense bonus, negative 25 magic attack bonus, and a uh, powerful plague effect onto both the mobs in a, in a cone. And that plague is going to be pretty valuable for, for TP feed strats, low, low strats. So combining this with the slug's other move, where you can do an automatic 10% HP to anything it hits, it's uh, peril and ooze gives that HP down, we've talked about it before, um, automatically shaving off, you know, 10% of both those mobs' HP, plus providing debuffs that a Geomancer can't even provide in this fight, um, feels like it would speed the fight up to the point where it could be it could be relevant to bring a Beastmaster over a monk, and we were going to give that a try. This is where I realized that everyone that I used to play with, when, <laughs> that, that I used to take to these kinds of events, no longer play this game. We sat there at four out of five people who were interested, and we could not find anyone else to, to come with us. And this isn't like a shout for help on Sealed Fate or anything. But, you know, I, I really, like, this is why I play this game. I want to do cool stuff like this for basically no reason other than that it's cool. And um, I, I realized that you know, other, other people aren't around anymore. It's also challenging. Oh, for sure. And uh, me and Spicy didn't really get into an argument about it. We just had different views. I about was apprehensive. Yes. And here we go. So <laughs> he's apprehensive about it, and I am all for optimizing this fight to try to push the time, the clear time down. And he, you, you didn't really see the the point in doing so. No, I, I feel like explaining your take on it is really important. Well, and fifty five minutes, you said that's going to be towards the slower spectrum. I think about if you're yeah. doing it in forty five, that's very fast. Forty seven, also rather fast. And if you're doing about fifty, I think fifty is fair. But the whole point of the fight and the way the strategy revolves around is simply the mob never TPs. So if the mob never TPs, you don't need to speed it up because you're not going to lose and you're already choosing it. So I'm very jaded because it's like, okay, it's a challenge anyway. We're still going to punch for 55 minutes, but it feels like we're doing it the wrong way to win. And I'm okay doing that. I want to fight it anyway. Maybe we'll learn something and, you know, we can always... It's like if we beat it, we're not going to want to do it the right way because we already did it. And everyone's not going to want to get back together again because they already won. And it, but I'm very jaded to like the whole, we're already doing it to me in a way that it was never intended to be beaten. So if we beat it faster or slower, what does it matter? Because we're already cheesing it in the first place. And I'm very, very, I mean, there's times where I'm like, you know, if you're doing uh errands or whatever it's like yeah i fought everything else i don't feel like wasting time banging my head against it just do it and have it's it done a different it. fight. pull the bandage off yeah it's also a different fight that's it's not a master trial it's yeah but you know I, I don't like guaranteed wins and as long as that strategy goes correctly guaranteed win and yeah. i don't like that like if, if you're too strong for something and it's a guaranteed win sure that, that's different that's a different thing but 
avoiding the fight was never intended to have every tp move never go off and it's kind of like i'm like well what do you care if you do it faster at that point because that's not the way it was supposed to be anyway and that's completely valid too um i'm actually someone who would like to fight it both ways because i do want the extreme challenge of, of doing it that way for sure um what i see when i when i look at that strat isn't necessarily the fact that we're not fighting the way we're supposed to or anything like that i what i see is the the beauty and the strategy itself that's being used to control the fight and to speed that up is not necessarily something that that's just because hey we're cool guys we did this master trial so much faster like it's not just about that even though that is kind of cool right um but what it is is in order to pull that strategy off it's extremely repetitive it's extremely monotonous and it's like it's it's almost an hour of like the most intense focus ever because you you have to be exact about making sure that stuff doesn't go wrong for it to work and this is where shaving time off of it saves insanity because i i'm not the only person i'm sure who's gone to the end of a master trial and failed right at the end or even timed out yep and thrown that hour away so if you have to restart a master trial i would rather restart like a 45 minute endeavor a 40 minute endeavor if you can get it down to like 30 minutes more power to you you know if you start looking at it that way then it makes it a lot more reasonable for me to want to like reattempt that fight and try to bring it down even further, try to develop more strategies that are even more awesome because now you're not throwing as much time away per attempt. And it, it's, it's about taking your brand of what the challenge is and applying that to your scenario rather than just going, Hey, I'm just going to win this. Let's just go. Because otherwise I would have just tried to set it up. It's like, Hey man, let's find ourselves a monk and let's do this. Yeah, no, I mean, we didn't find a monk and just do it because we wanted to use Beastmaster because, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I see the beauty in the strategy and I understand the efficiency and all that. I just, I like a strategy that doesn't eliminate the fight itself. And I understand Martel was saying after the last podcast, he's like, we've lost like, like what, over a dozen times because the one guy won't use a mewing strat. And it's like they would have won if they had used it. That it's sounds like, really cool what losing over a dozen times well he's bringing he's bringing a paladin to it also like uh, like i guess some people listening may not know the context here but this is almost exclusively tanked by a rune fencer and i mean it's a rune sub nin and it's yeah it can parry too if a shot i mean but it's not i don't think a paladin i mean well it's a hate issue and the gambit and rake yeah I, yeah the gambit and rake is a huge it is it is, it is it is you know the more i talk about it the more it sounds stupid what i just said silly me but <laughs> I mean, the Paladin's one thing. They could have won with Paladin with a Mewing Strat. So I guess it's kind of pick and choose. Do you want a Paladin or do you want, you know, a Rune Fencer and not Mew? It's true. And I mean, let's take it a step further. Um, and Rua brewed this part. Um, once once we get the once we actually get this done, get this clear and everything, um, I actually want to try it where a ninja tanks and a beastmaster is also involved. Uh, because the ninja I think adds quite a bit to uh to this fight also. So um, just being able to consistently damage Omega over time, that sort of thing, with uh, with your son wheel. And is Rua going to come? He left the Discord yesterday. I don't think he likes this. <laughs> I, I he's he's got his own thing going on. I guess I, I don't know. Um, that's up to him. Uh, he, he you said he still said because of the messages. So who knows? Um, if if so, you know, if he doesn't want to go anymore, then we can just find yet another person to try to replace. And it's not anything that we're in any kind of hurry for. Um, but th this. Again, this this is the kind of stuff that makes me excited to play this game. Like this master trial, like I wouldn't need to do it three times. 
like I don't mind helping clear it for other people who are ready for the fight or anything. But I think it's really cool to sit there and try to bring a Beastmaster. And if the Beastmaster method fails, then so it fails. It's like, yeah. I would also like to try the Ninja method because this, it's new and it's exciting. This thing's been around for like four years, too. So the fact that I think yeah. there's always plenty of things to do in this game that people never even knew existed or thought of and don't even know they can go do for fun. And this has been around for four years. We haven't even done it. So I think, I, I think there's a lot of things people have missed in this game when they write it off at a certain point, because I understand getting tired of something or burned out, but if you only were focused on your link show and playing the game or only focused on getting this gear and when playing the game or something, you kind of don't even know that you can go enjoy. We talked about in the lore episodes, my favorite quests in the game were the sky serpent quests because the stories, the mini stories were actually, they were, they were better than the, uh, the $10 expansions you paid for, ACP, Shantoto's Ascension, and, uh, Ascension, and the Mughal Kupo de Atat. I mean, they, they were better stories than those, and they were just like a few quests, and they were actually really enjoyable, too. Just running around a zone you're not even in anymore, gathering some item that, you know, was kind of difficult at 75, but you just killed a mob in three hits now, who cares? But doing that, <laughs> you know, it's... That is very fun, and a lot of, like, if you've paid attention to things in this game and haven't just put Eternity on and skipped everything, you know, what is it, on RCL's page on BG, someone finally said something years later in the BG Discord. Um, I gotta look it up for a second, but it was, I said she's the Princess of Adeline and also likes being slapped and talked down to occasionally or whatever. Because in the cutscene, she yeah. does. You like you slap her, and she like puts her hand in her face. She gets like all all blushy, and she's like, "Oh," and it's like you don't oh. know if she was like shocked or kind of like turned on at the same time, kind of both. Oh yes, here it is. Oh, yeah. Enjoys eating sweets as well as sometimes being slapped in the heat of the moment. What the hell? It happens in that cutscene, man. It's towards the end of Adeline. Oh, good. It's good. It's I great. Never... You're in her bed chambers when it happens too. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> it's the whole there's more than just the action of slapping her to snap out of it it's you're in her bed chamber she's in the she's like all worked up when you slap her and she like blushes and you know i know the blush is also because she's like been slapped and maybe it's more of a japanese thing to blush after being slapped i can't i can't speculate the, uh... but it, i think there's a little more to it than that that they kind of like hint at in a funny way but not funny kind of a hinting at in a a kink way you become the Sean Connery of uh, video game heroes. Rest his soul. I so badly want to do a Sean Connery impersonation, but I know it's going to be yeah. terrible, so I'm not going to do it. Be rolling in his grave. For real. Welcome to the Rock. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> have any see. more bulletin points? <laughs> any more bulletin points, fuck? Okay, so uh, we we actually jumped ahead uh, when we talked about the master trial, but the, what kind of came to being when I was writing out uh, the outline for this is. I, I wanted to really talk about why we improve on things we handle well already. And uh, I actually had uh, a couple of experiences recently uh, that I'd like to bring up. And the, the, the first one is, is I actually stumbled across a, uh, a, a YouTube video where this guy was uh, monowall tanking Shaw on his Black Mage. And the, what you got to remember is that I missed the era of this game where, where we used uh, Magic Burst strats to bring these mobs down. So when I was watching this video, I was just I was just rolling because it was it was it was so great. Um, the guy had uh, Megalovania playing, and it was like perfect. Uh, the guy <laughs> the guy was just like taking zero from Shaw like it was nothing, and it didn't occur to me that this was an old video right away. 
because again, I, I missed this time frame in this game. And I had to actually like click on the little down arrow for more information. And I saw that it was from 2016. And I thought to myself, man, I'm always talking about how we just like roll in and smash Shaw. And I'm used to tanking Shaw, more, more so super tanking. I almost always super tank him for my LS. And watching this guy mono wall tank Shaw, <laughs> I was like, this, this, this method is so much more clean than what we do. Oh, it is. Yeah, it was it was so squeaky clean. And it's not possible anymore because one, people just you can even you don't even need summoners anymore. If you have super DDs, you can you can kill Shah just straight out melee burn and oh, yeah. worst case scenario you can at least reduce him enough to take him down while you kill the adds because the adds do different things. I'm not gonna get into Shah's mechanics here. But in general you can just cheese him so fast, but it's also not hard to tank him in general, uh, with people killing the ads in a distance and a melee burn for 20 minutes. So no one ever does that strat, and no one really has Black Mage geared up anymore, is why I say it's not possible anymore. Yes. But it is really cool to see. That's a mechanic that, to me, is on the level of mewing. If it was properly exploited, you could just kill... I mean, if a Black Mage could hold hate, Black Mage would be like a broken tank at some times. And now they're all the time. Some things it would not absolutely not work on. I but. was just watching them do this, and... They were waiting for Shaw to do TP moves. Like that, that that control on TP feed was awesome. You know, they they were just waiting for Besiegers Bane instead of having TP moves constantly fired off and like people getting like randomly dispelled and all their soul voice songs are disappearing and all this stuff. Oh no, everyone suddenly got charmed. It's like they were waiting and calculating for this to happen. So like it, it basically the strategist to me that that cares about this game. I looked at that and I was like, man, this is this is awesome. Like we should do this again like i feel like it should go like full circle you know and then um you could always make the argument here black mage can't hold hate but maybe you uh maybe bring some thieves or scholars or <laughs> plan all that enmity with scholars one hour and thieves using some collaborators <laughs> and some dirge and stuff you know get that black there mage tanking maybe maybe they can handle health better than i can <laughs> that would be interesting. No, I would. I don't know so the mechanics awesome. off the top of hand, but I imagine that Halfus hits so hard that they can't monitor. <laughs> it is only one mob versus all those mobs hitting them, or just having shot at them in general. So maybe, maybe. Well, I read the description, and it looks like uh, they're they're paladin that, that pulls for the off group that was doing the magic bursts uh, on the on the minor mobs because they did it all magic burst style. Um, it looks like the paladin tanked about two of them, and then he tanked about two of them on average. So it's not like he did the full super tank like I do where he has like all six mobs hitting him or, or four mobs or whatever, however many's out or happens to be out. It's got to um, be a use for Black Mage. Um, yeah, and I mean, that's really cool. And I would like, and I've actually thought, hey, you know, if I were to do Black Mage, I think I would want to be able to fill that role as Black Mage because there's lots of jobs that can provide magic damage, but there's not many jobs that can abuse Mono Wall, especially with the SE5 staff. So I, I think with that tool available to you now that wasn't there before, um, I think that that's something that you could do on Black Mage that could be cool. It may not necessarily feel like the nostalgia role that people play Black Mage. It's like, I want to be the cool guy that wields elemental magic. But at least it allows you to play that job and be useful. You know, when that video was made, that Monowall stat didn't even ever exist. Yeah, I, I think uh, they said something about being famous or something. So and that, that path C is Monowall 25% and damage taken uh, 15% as well. Yeah. It's a cool staff. It, like when I, is, when I saw that, but... I was I, I I actively thought when I saw that for the first time, I'm really sad that we don't see black mages do this more because I, I didn't even know that it was really a, a, a thing because I again I missed that point in this game. The staff itself also converts five percent of damage taken to MP. I don't think that would apply with mono wall up because you're not taking damage, but 
you can still take uh, if you're not capping out right. I I haven't played Black Mage ever, but if, I believe you can still take damage through Mono Wall because it's only a certain DT amount, and you have to cap it out with gear. Otherwise, you could still get some MP. I'd have to have more than 500 JP on my Black Mage to test, though. I would assume if it's a mob like Halfus that hits you really hard past Mono Wall. See, now I can't talk about it because I don't know the exact mechanics they were using. Exactly. I think it was DT on top of Mono Wall, on top of a lot of ballads to keep you your MP pool high enough to absorb it, and you're not taking much, if any, damage. But I would I think testing it would be a blast. See, I talked about how the fight was never meant to be fought that way for Sealed Fate, and obviously Black Mage is never meant to be a Mono Wall tank. Doesn't mean you can't do it that way. I'm just tired of that's the way everyone tries to turn to is just, oh, it'll never TPS, da da da. But if Black Mage is going to be useless, I would love to see it have something completely broken that's never supposed to be happening. Like everyone making Black Mage, like somehow some situation that's popular enough, like a great viable tank that anyone can slap together and just, you know, making that be the thing until SE goes, okay, okay, we'll fix Black Mage. Stop with the tanking. Yeah. Because they they actually care more. It's like Toriyama in Dragon Ball after coming out into that horrible Dragon Ball Evolutions movie. <laughs> oh, if anyone doesn't know oh. it, look it up. That movie was so bad, it actually Ball. forced Akito... Is it Akito Toriyami? I just call him Toriyami. But Toriyama to come out of retirement and then do more Dragon Ball because he was so oh. he was so annoyed. So I think Essie gets so annoyed, Toriyama style, that the Black Mage <laughs> is tanking everything, that we could just force him to fix Black Mage. That'd be great. I be. think it would be a blast to do, too. And it would be. It's a blast to do, and there's 10 million times to talk about things like this in, in, on this podcast, and that's why this game is fun, and anyone who's missing out just hasn't known where to look yet. Yeah, pretty much. But this this is why we improve upon things. It's not only that it's because it's fun, it's that you can you can see how clean these methods are, and even if our strategies have already evolved, we can still go back and look at these other things and say, hey, you know, maybe we can still insert this in a way because it made this part of the fight that much better. And, you know, go go from there. Like, we can take these old ideas and reapply them. Um, like like the Odin strat that I'm I'm so proud of all the time. Where I still I need that sword video. from Odin pretty badly. Yeah, so do I, man. We, we should really need to do that. We should do that. But uh, <laughs> Everyone else is gone, so it's lost a lot against us. <laughs> yeah, for real. You're obscure now. We're safe. All, all the summoners have already lauded them over me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like the, the Odin strat that I'm so proud of, like where Arr. I just took <laughs> an old strat red mages used on... on uh, on mobs back in the day, the zero TP feed and dagger move. Um, my LS has the first video of that online, of that being applied. To and I'm cool game. with that strategy because that is different. That's using the mechanic of in this game, if you get hit for zero, it's no TP. That is a that's meant to be that way. But making everything never do anything to me is like if you can exploit, yeah. you know, doing no damage to then kill something. That is excellent. That is a perfect strategy. But if you kind of just disable but anything from challenging you. But this was never used en masse like this. Like, this was always a red mage solo strategy. When you, when you put, like, two red mages together and you build a party around it, and you can take advantage of doing this in this content, um, that's where you're, improve poning, or you're improving on these strategies. You're making it not only easier, but you're making it faster. Um, I, I can think of very few strats that are as reliable while also being as fast as that. Like, we, I we think it's the best way to do it, honestly. It's the best way to do it. It's completely safe. Silence does not wear. He dies before Silence wears. It's it's so if crazy. If Red Mage is geared well enough. Well, right. I mean, you 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 need to hit a certain benchmark to do some strats, and that's just the truth of this game. So if you're fighting but, Sarama, uh, uh, another one that improved uh, this month's ambuscade for Q Trubs. Um, we always used to kite it using rune fencers in the past, and I thought with all the things I've done on Paladin recently. Well, I have yet to see a mob hit me for damage from the front, so why don't we just try this? So. 
Um, I know that in the past, super tanking these mobs while having summoners do a mewing lullaby um, was a strat that was used last time it was around. But now I stand in front of them and I just super tank these Q-trubs and they just hit me for zero in the front. There, there's no running. There's no pretend, potentially getting triple reversaled or anything. You're feeding no amnity, or I'm sorry, you're you're feeding no TP because they're dealing no damage, and you're just you're just standing there. And I'm honestly just surfing YouTube while we do ambuscade. Yeah, and thanks to you, Carrot also went and did ambuscade that way with <laughs> Paladin that she geared up super quickly because I guess she's one of those people that runs through things. So can always get her <laughs> perspective on things, but she geared that up super quick. She she and, said she's solo mute also, and that's yes. something I haven't done yet. Yeah, she, the other day, she, I had to help her. Uh, she didn't know how to get in her gear swap the right... She had to, have to put a pet midcast or pet precast in there, and that wasn't a thing. She tried doing, like, precast if magic uh, spell type equals, you know, blood pact, and it wasn't working. And I said, so, you know... And I was thinking, I'm like, maybe my spell, my gear swap can help. And then she goes, doesn't your Dragoon one have something? And I'm like, oh, you're right. And I went in, and that was that. Was that. So Paladin can also solo Mew. Yeah, and uh, I'm actually on Paladin Sub Summoner right now for the run that we're going to do when we're done recording. Um, I'm I'm going to try the whole solo mute thing also. I didn't know we were doing a run. Oh, I mean, I guess we 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 can. Uh, I think we're five of six right now. Oh, 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 sorry. Hate to crash the party, Fox. Well, I mean, we have extra slots because you know we freed up so much space, allowing the the Paladin to just solo mute and. Take <laughs> but it's it's still really cool, like. Um, like th this is why you improve on stuff because I know this one in particular was really frustrating the last time around, where if you didn't kite it just right, they would like cut a corner and then you get triple reversal in the tank. And, yes, and the kiter could I die. Had to, had to try yeah. and maximize my kiting on rune because I only still have a rune fox. Exactly, and <laughs> and uh, it was always really frustrating to get the mob to like twenty percent, ten percent, and then have the kiter just happen to die, and then the the basically you can't recover from that point. Yeah, and I put it on BG, but I learned that you can't hug the pillars when you're kiting them. That's very bad. No. Yeah, you, I, I I did it successfully, but occasionally I would I would screw up and they cross my path because I didn't. I would like uh, I wouldn't just run around the pillars. I would try and path them and see they're running this way, and I would kind of skirt back against the pillar a little bit to make them stop. Because mobs, if you learn how they path right, you can try and manipulate it. You can what was it called? Pinning is the old school term. Um. You would pin them and you would move a little left and they'd go all the way back right to get around the other way. And then you'd move a little, you know, I tried doing that to a decent extent. And then you just want to run around the outside walls in like a isosceles triangle because that's, yes. that's it, the best path. And yeah, if you don't get too far ahead of them, then you just won't die. But if you screw around, you're going to still die. Yeah, I actually use pinning on any ambuscade where... Um... I'm tanking, but we're using rangers because that's the most effective way to tank. You actually don't need a white mage in that in that case. Um, one that comes to mind is like say the Dullahan, uh, for example. Once you're done with the thoroughbred of sin, uh, the, the unicorn, um, you can actually run him over to a pillar, and you can just run back and forth and pin him on one side of the pillar while the rangers shoot him. He's so fast, nothing. you can too. Yeah, right. Yeah, there, there's actually a lot of mobs you can do that on. Um, I believe you can. Oh, I forget which one. So a slower but, but, mob, yeah. the Dullahan would move too slow to pin properly because he would just constantly follow you because he's a slow-ass blank-blank. Well, you can get far enough ahead that you can uh, you can change the direction he's he's about to run. So the slower they are, the easier it is to pin because oh, wow. uh, you, you just have to change his AI direction that he wants to follow by running a certain distance. See, I never even thought of pinning the Thoroughbred of Steel because you just... I always said it was summoners and you just kind of just have <laughs> them kill him while I stand there taking... 
he's not really threatening to a rune fencer. Yeah, we don't do a lot of summoner strats, and that's where we get a lot of the, the weird stuff out of the way. I, I tank that fight on ninja usually. It's what's around, uh, available in the pugs, which I hate to cut you off there, but going on to this hole, we talked about Odin, and none of this was on the bullet point, I think, but <laughs> it's a lot of things work. Yeah, but we talk about the Odin strat, and I never would have considered that, and you, I don't know if you thought of that or whatever, but I never would have considered that strategy, and the whole doing Paladin or this, or just changing a strategy slightly to then pin certain mobs while you have rangers shooting them, unless you have summoners, and that would probably still work as well, because they'll follow. Maybe they'll interrupt the blood pact, but never mind. But those strategies, if people <laughs> shared them, because no one else knows them, really, if they shared them more in the community, there'd be more people willing no to way. experiment, and I think a lot of groups don't share their strategies. Like Sealed Fate. If um if Thorny didn't share his Sealed Fate strat there, it wouldn't have been... People were beating it with a lot of struggle doing whatever the hell they were doing with one black mage and this and that. And great, you can't find yeah, a black mage because no one, yeah, yeah, no one uses black mage. Yeah. Good luck finding one uh, and, and things like that. But if someone like him shared that strategy, now we can go and say, oh, we can take Beastmaster this and we can change things. And then, you yeah. know, if people share it, then people can do it. If no one shares anything, then I think a lot of people are lost in this game without information. Because you can take a mob's info and stuff and try to build something, but people someone will always build a better uh what is it a better rabbit catch what what is the phrase they'll build a better robot they'll build a better mousetrap yes a mousetrap thank you fox they'll build a better mousetrap mouse yes a rabbit cage <laughs> well i was gonna let you roll with it but i guess we had to get I, was, you on I, that one. I just couldn't think of the the idiom yeah but uh yeah i mean and not everyone is going to play this game because they, they want to, you know, provide this feedback and try to help the community as a whole. Like, it's not even always the idea, right? But the more you do share with people, even if, you know, you're, you're proud of a certain strat or anything like that, it's, it's not really about the fact that you did something. It's about the fact that something is now exposed and people can now scrutinize it and then go back and try to make it better like i i don't think that like any strat that i ever come up with is ever is ever going to be the end all be all best way to do something but at least if we keep getting a better version of that out there it means that we can do things more efficiently every single time we come across it which opens up more content to more people because the easier something is the easier it is for people to be not quite so geared to go into it uh, so forth and so on like it, it has a trickle effect that, that kind of like goes down to everybody and you never know, maybe like three years later, someone's putting your Sarama video on Reddit saying, this is the strategy for a solo. Oh, Sarama? No. Oh, but, God. But uh, no, the point of that one, too, was they said this was on the BG page because on the talk page and someone knew enough to go oh, to the yeah, talk yeah, page. Yes. Yeah, so the best place to put your strategy isn't necessarily a thread in auction house because I didn't even know that thread existed, Fox, that you found. It's to put it on the talk page because for Master Trials especially, the talk pages are a great place to put stuff. So if you make a yep. video... Just, I mean, you don't you don't have to say anything and be useful. Uh, some people do make videos. If just put it on a talk page on BG or just talk to me and I'll put it there. It takes me like 10, 15 seconds to do it. Just do that. And then yeah. that's the best place to find information because all these things that people talk about in a random thread for an ambuscade that month, you know, unless I check the thread weeks later to see something that was suddenly new that no one talked about uh, or this or that, uh, it just, it gets lost and no one really knows. So it's important to put that stuff on the wiki, the strats and the talk pages and this and that. Just do that. And that's all you got to do. You don't got to edit anything else. Just type out random text. This is what we did. This, this, this. Just type the jobs out in the general thing in a sentence. And, and that, that helps everyone. Yeah, for sure. 
And I mean, if you make a video, also it it does help if your if your log is at least legible. Uh, sorry. I mean, bare minimum editing, of course. Well, you don't need to edit. Just people need to filter their logs better in this game. Yeah, because I mean, even if you don't want to write captions about something or provide breakdowns, like if you just want to post a video for other people to analyze, like make it analyzable, I guess is the only advice that I have to say. I've seen some low quality videos out there where, you know, it's cool that you're doing it, but I don't know how much information we can glean because we can't read what's happening. Hmm, 240. I can't read this. 420, still yeah. kind of. Oh, weird. 480, I think, actually, whatever. But as long as it's 720, then you can at least read it. Anyway, I think that's about it, Fox. Is there anything else you want to do before we end this well, mousetrap? I had a whole section on, like, making sure that fun doesn't get in the way of progress, but I think we we've kinda... gone over that before so many times, though, that, you know, so at some point you have to be responsible, but just remember to play this game for you, I suppose. You know, you're, it's going to be a, it's going to be a compromise, like all things in life. Like, you want to make sure that that you're having fun, but you're also making sure that, that your group is also having enough fun or whoever you're with is having enough fun so that you know that you can get stuff done in the future. Um, it, it's it's all. And it is a social game. Socialize. I know the other day Carrot told me, you just play this game to troll people, don't you? And no, I only yell a little bit. I play more <laughs> than I yell. Fox sets in town more than I do. Uh, that's that's probably true, actually. Yeah, but it is a social game. Be social. Be social. It's like going to the bar and sitting there alone drinking and wishing someone talked to you. They're never going to talk to you. You got to do something. Yeah, and like I said before, that's something that I really need to work on. Uh, you know, interpersonal skills and and things like that are something that I think everyone can work on in general. But there's a certain level. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, but, uh, I guess yeah. as long as people stay interested in this game, though, even if even if they're they're you know making messages about how the devs don't do what they <laughs> want them to do and shit like that. As long as people still care enough to write those messages, I'd say that that's still a good sign, even if it's not necessarily the most positive thing. I scoff at the people who are like writing to SC, suggesting things in that, because they're usually ridiculous. They'll never be heard. They're not going to be listened to anyway, and they'll be like, everyone go post in this thread to make them listen, you know, or sign my petition. <laughs> I know we haven't seen one of those in a while, but there was, a, there was like one year in this game where like someone kept making internet petitions, and it was like a thing. People are making different internet. It works. Uh, petition for a classic server. That was around for a while, too. That was a great one. But SC has, through at least the community reps, said that they pay attention to certain threads and certain things that are said, even though they're never going to acknowledge them. And they do see things we say and suggest, and that does make a difference, maybe. But... <laughs> yes, so um, I used to, in, in, a, in, a, in a previous part of my life, I used to be pretty involved in, in pretty big business and Oh, pretty big like guy over here. Analytics and things like that. Well, I'm sort of. Um, not really though. Like, no, you do a podcast, a <laughs> right? I'm making no money. Uh, so, what was the here, money here, thing this episode? What's that? What was the money thing this episode? It's coming twice. Jeez, I, I don't know, man. Uh, but but the the point I'm making is that when big businesses say that 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 they they look at that stuff, they're probably not lying. What what they aren't telling you though is that it's not moving the needle any. Um, that it, it like they're sure they're aware of it and they can say that they're aware of it all day, but it doesn't mean that anything is actually ever going to be done about it because nothing needs to be done about it. And um, only they can really decide if that's the direction they want. I mean, I, I wish that we had more say in it aside from deciding to give them our subscriptions or not. But at the end of the day, that'll either only kill the game or just remove your enjoyment of whatever's going on. So, I mean, if you're at that point where you feel you need to quit over this sort of thing, then maybe it is your time to quit. 
And it'll probably be here because the game is popular enough. So if you need a break, take a break. Pretty much. And I mean, I keep my subscription on. I don't care. If I'm not playing, I'm not playing. But if you're going to take a long break, you can cancel too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I like this episode, Fox. So thank you. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was pretty good. Um, I was glad that we got to talk about a lot of this stuff because it just kind of needs to be said. I like the abstract episodes. We could do a job episode. We could talk about content that could be reused, master trials, da da da. da. But I, I I like these kind of topics, and hopefully the listeners do too, because you know what's coming next, Fox. The uh, the episode of the best job in the game. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> Don't remind them that, that never comes. It's it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's like Odyssey. It's been pushed back to the next month. Um, we'll we'll reach out again and and get that rolling. But you know the guest is a busy businessman. He used to work for big business. I'll have you know. And they uh they're traveling <laughs> right now and they're busy and they don't have time for us because they have a real life. So we're working on on that. We're we're hyping it up way too far now, though, Fox. It's it's oh, not yeah. well. Be... We'll never live up to this. Uh, we'll never live up to it. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, get... we'll never be able to convey that this is the best job in the game. Oh, because it is the best job. You don't gotta convey it, okay? Oh, okay. Um. So yes, that will eventually be a thing. But uh, you know, please, you can either join the Discord via the thing and talk to us. We have a suggestions channel just for suggestions. Don't put off topic things; they won't stay there. Um. Or you could send us an email at wtfinvonadeal at gmail.com, the show name at gmail, because that's easy. Uh, or uh, there's the BG thread. I haven't mentioned the last couple of times. The BG thread is something that has almost no comments besides me in it, but I have gotten <laughs> PMs on the BG forums. And if you have an account on the wiki, you have an account to post on the BG forums or PM me there. That's a, that's a thing. Actually, if you make a little user page on your BG thing and have the header there and have the little inbox thing and that'll take you to the BG website to your actual inbox where you could send me a uh, a PM that way too if you had that user page thing we talked about many episodes ago in episode 4. Uh, that or YouTube comments good, but you know, send us some feedback, guys. What I will say real quick is I've actually started to get quite a bit of messages in game and I, I do in, enjoy reading people's messages, but sometimes I'm busy and I don't want to be rude. Oh, yeah. um, what, what Spicy was talking about is the best way to try to talk to us because uh, we can address it on podcast or we can even just message you directly in Discord if if we feel like it at that point. You know, we have, we have our own lives too. Um, there's a really high chance that I'll respond. I've done it for people. It's a lot easier for us when yes. I'm at work or something and get an email to then talk to Fox about it at some point in that day and have what was said. If you talk to him, no one talks to me in game Fox. What the fuck? But I don't know. <laughs> you're, 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 uh, it started to happen though. So I figured I would address it. You're the fan favorite. But yeah, if you send that, we actually have a record and can address it. And obviously we've read people's emails, but we skip most of it. We just kind of keep it relevant. We don't put the personal details in there. So if you send something personal, we're not going to include it unless you ask and we want to. So those two yeah. things have to happen probably won't. But anyway, just send us some feedback, guys, because we enjoy this. I did get some feedback from Blue Spoons. She said that, uh, I sound like a complete dork, I think. Oh. Well, she's not wrong. You're pulling it up now, aren't you? Oh, yes. You sound like such a chode. I love it. That's so good. That's Blue Spoons. Uh, anyway, uh, so thank you, everyone. Anything else, Fox, before we sign off? No, nah, I think I've, I've said all I need to say. And I sound like a chode. Yeah, you do. <laughs> See you guys a day after the Yuletide. Yeah, later, everybody. Have a good one, Fox. Bye. See you.